Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is Friday, and typically we would do a little bit of a Friday news dump and get into a mailbag, but the draft is less than a week away, and we have so many prospects to go over on the all Offensive line. So obviously there is a lot of buzz out there right now, especially for the offensive tackle position in the first round for the Titans. And if not the first round, it's obvious that tackle is something that they want to address very early on to add some competition and maybe someone for Dennis Kelly to mentor. So it's definitely a position of need and a position that we need to pay attention to, but we cannot neglect our fellas on the interior offensive offensive line as well. Roger Saffold isn't getting any older. Nate Davis was good in his rookie season, but obviously some competition and some depth along the interior offensive line is always going to be a good thing. And then Ben Jones isn't getting any older and will be coming into the last year of his contract extension. So it is possible that later in the draft, the Titans may look to, like I said, add a depth piece on the interior offensive line. So what we are going to do today is talk about the guys on the outside, the offensive tackles first, go over the top prospects, the mid-round prospects, and maybe uh, some late project guys, and then we will end the show with our interior offensive linemen and quickly go through all the options throughout the draft for the Titans there. So we will complete the offensive side of the ball in our NFL draft preview positional breakdown today. Couldn't be more excited to get into it with you guys. Let's get it. does make sense that the rumors point to the Tennessee Titans being very interested in offensive tackle prospects in the draft after watching starting right tackle Jack Conklin depart in free agency and although they did re-sign backup tackle Dennis Kelly, there is a reason that Kelly has been primarily used as a backup throughout his career. The Titans may be interested in bringing in a high level offensive tackle prospect to compete with Kelly for the right tackle position and if they do want to look at some of the top names on the board. They will start with Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle out of Alabama, six foot five, 320 pounds. Wills is fantastic and pass protection. He does profile as more of a man or gap run blocking scheme player, not necessarily a zone scheme player, but the real question with Wills after playing right tackle at Alabama is can he transition to left tackle? Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, 6'5", 322 pounds. He has a great combination of power and mobility. He does profile as a zone tackle. Now, he does need to work on his hand technique and his punch, but he is widely considered one of the best prospects available after an incredible showing at the Combine. Next, we have Makai Becton out of Louisville, a large man at six foot seven, 369 pounds with power, with length. He needs to work on keeping his weight down and work on his technique and pass protection, but he has immense potential at the 
tackle position. Then we have Andrew Thomas from Georgia, six foot five, three hundred and twenty pounds, very very powerful in the run game with a strong punch against his defenders. Now he does need to work on his pass sets and his foot speed and his foot technique. But Thomas is someone who has a very high floor and should be able to step in and be a ten year starter at the tackle position, whether that be right or left right away. The Titans would probably have to look at a trade up to secure one of those four tackles, but some other options they would have in the first round include Josh Jones out of Houston, six foot five. 311 pounds. Jones is already an NFL player when it comes to pass protection, and he has great mobility to fit in the Titans zone blocking scheme, but he does struggle at times with power in the run game, and that comes down to his technique at the second level in the run game. So the other option the Titans would have is Austin Jackson out of USC, six foot six. 310 pounds. He's a bit of a project player at this moment in time who needs help with his technique and his overall strength, but he's got great length, great mobility, and also would fit well in the Titans zone blocking zone run scheme. He did donate bone marrow to his sister, and that's very commendable before the 2019 season, but it did appear to to make him struggle as he didn't have a full training session and a full offseason to get ready for his last season, but that shouldn't be Held against him. And then the last two tackles are rising very quickly in the process and are now considered to be first round options. First, we have Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State, six foot six. 310 pounds. He also has incredible mobility and really good flexibility to get down as the edge rushers who try to go around him bend. He fits in a zone scheme as well. Now he needs to work on his overall strength and unfortunately he doesn't really play with a lot of toughness on the field and the kind of finish that most offensive line coaches at the minimum would be looking for. And then the player who's been connected to the Titans the most in the pre-draft process lately is offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia, six foot seven, three hundred and forty pounds. Quite frankly, the biggest guy that we've talked about besides Becton, he is huge, a dancing bear. He has size. He's a road grader in the run game, but he also has very quick feet, so he would be a very good replacement for Jack Conklin on the right side of the line for the Titans. Now, he does need to work on his pass protection. He's not the quickest to drop back in his pass pro set, so that's something that an offensive line coach will definitely have to work on with him at the next level, but whether the Titans attack the offensive tackle position in the first round remains to be seen. They did seem to give Dennis Kelly a, a good faith promise that he would get a real opportunity to start at right tackle and drafting an offensive tackle in the first round with your first selection seems like it would go against that promise that they made behind closed doors. So whether the Titans go after offensive tackle remains to be seen, but those are all of the options that they would have early in the draft. Another thing to keep in mind too is that out of those eight offensive tackles that we just talked about as possible first round selections, some of those guys, maybe two, maybe three, possibly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on three, but maybe two of them, maybe one of them will fall into the early second round. So it still would be a possibility if the Titans were interested in one of the bottom two, Cleveland, Wilson, someone like Jackson or Jones starts to fall, that the Titans could look to trade back maybe into the beginning of the second round, collect some more picks as they don't have a a fourth or a sixth round selection this year and then still select one of these offensive tackles. But if 
If things go as most people are expecting, uh, I don't know that any of these tackles will be available in the second round. So the Titans will have to look at the next tier of offensive tackles if they choose to to go to the second round or the third round for their developmental offensive tackles. So we are going to get into that grouping next. And we are going to talk about the next kind of tier of offensive tackles. And I would expect the Titans to take an offensive tackle within their first three selections. I would expect that to be one of the picks in some way. If they find a way to move back and get a fourth, then in the first four rounds, but at the minimum in the first four rounds, I would expect the Titans to get an offensive tackle to develop on the right-hand side. So we are going to talk about who those developmental pieces could be and then of course at the end of the show we will finish the offensive line with the interior guy so before we jump into the next part of our conversation I do just want to remind you guys to check out the Locked On NFL Podcast Mock Draft Special it is officially underway so be sure to check out the Mock Draft Every day this week, this will be Friday wrapping up the show. I made the pick for the Titans on Thursday, so go back to last Friday and check out each episode of the Locked On NFL podcast from the last week for their mock draft special. It was a fantastic exercise, and I really enjoyed listening to it, so I'm sure that you guys will as well. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow Locked On NFL on Spotify. Now, just to put my thoughts out there, like I mentioned at the end of our last segment, I think that the way that Dennis Kelly spoke about his contract negotiations, I think that the way John Robinson and Mike Vrabel talked about Dennis Kelly on their conference calls shortly after, I think it, at least in my opinion, it appears that they gave Dennis Kelly a real promise that he would have the opportunity to be the starting right tackle and that he slated in to be so. So if they go in and with their first round pick, take an offensive tackle to replace him, uh, you're not going to pay a guy first round salary. And, and look what happened with Jack Conklin. His rookie year as a first-round pick, he came in and made All-Pro. So I know that the Titans would be picking later in the draft rather than in the top 10 to get a tackle, so maybe the expectations are a little bit different, but you don't take a first-round player unless it's a quarterback who you want to sit for a few years because the payoff is big. You don't take a first-round offensive lineman with the plan for him to sit for two years or a year. It just, I don't know, just it doesn't make sense. If they trade back, then it makes more sense to me, but it doesn't make sense to take an offensive tackle at 29 at at this moment in time, in my mind, at the minimum. So some of the options that I think make more sense for the Titans, if they go a little bit later in the draft and in this tier, we will start with Lucas Niang from TCU, six foot seven, 328 pounds at that size. Like I said, six foot seven. He, I mean, that's a big plus for him. He's got incredible size. He's got good mobility for his size as well. And he has scheme versatility. He can play in a man gap power run scheme. He can play in a zone run scheme. And that's something that the Titans offense, I would imagine, would really covet as they try to expand the playbook from last year. Now, he does need to work on his technique quite a bit, his hand usage, his footwork, how his hands and his feet are tied together. And there are some concerns about his work ethic uh, from at TCU. Maybe not uh, 
the, the most locked in guy all the time, maybe not pushing it all the time. And that's something that doesn't really jive with the Titans locker room. So he would have to be held accountable by the leaders on the team, which I think he would. So if the, if the Titans organization believes in, in his talent and think that they can get him to, to work at a high level, then I would have no problem with that pick in the second round. The next player that we are going to talk about is Prince Tega Wanago from Auburn, six foot five. 307 pounds. He has a great combination of mobility and length that would allow him to work really well in the Titans zone run scheme. Now the problem with his game is he can get a little top heavy so he can get off balance quite a bit when going against edge rushers. Uh, He can lean over just a little bit and that's a technique issue so he'd have to work on just staying square, keeping a wide base, not getting narrow so that he keeps his balance in pass protection. The next player is Ben Barch from St. John, six foot six, 308 pounds. He also has really good mobility, and that's that'll be a theme throughout this second wave of offensive tackles. Uh, you're looking at guys who have mobility, who have length, who have potential, who probably have technique work or need to get stronger and work on their power, which are things that NFL offensive line coaches and NFL general managers and scouts think they can do. They can pack on the weight with an NFL strength and conditioning program and diet program and having a guy focus on football long term and only without having to go to school. They can improve technique because they're such good coaches. They can improve that. That's the way coaches think. So a lot of these mid-tier guys are guys with good mobility, good length, good size, but maybe lack on technique. And, And we have that with Barch, of course, who needs to work on his hand work, his hand fighting with offensive tackles, keeping his hands inside and not getting his arms too far extended where he can be chopped down and beat. So that's something that he would have to work on. But he's only played offensive line for two years. So that can be a negative and a positive. He's got a lot of potential. He would fit in the Titans zone scheme, but he doesn't have a lot of high IQ or instincts at the position because of a lack of reps there. So that's how it would look for Ben Barch. Next, we have Matthew Pert from UConn, six foot seven. 310 pounds. He would be an ideal fit in a zone blocking scheme. He has great movement skills, shows a a good ability to get up to the second level on linebackers. He has a big frame. Now he needs to add strength to his frame, but he has a big frame with the ability to pack on some more weight and pack on some more strength. Like most of these guys, he's such a big guy that he struggles with his balance. He can get, you know, a little top heavy, like we had mentioned with some previous prospects and He's got to work on using his hands and not his waist. So get his arms extended, use his punch, and hit guys so that he can keep balance so he's not leaning over too far. So that's all something that that needs to come with coaching. Next is someone that we've talked about quite a bit due to the mock drafts that we've we've discussed and, and analyzed, and that's Sadiq Charles from LSU, 6'4", 295 pounds. So kind of on the smaller scale of guys that we've talked about, but with that comes great foot speed. He has great footwork. He has great mobility. Would fit in the Titans zone blocking scheme as well because of his ability to get up to the second level and use that mobility. Now because of his lower you know, weight here, 295 pounds, less than 300. That's a little bit smaller than all of the other guys that we've talked about. He needs to work on his strength and his power. He also struggles a little bit with his pass set, getting back off the snap 
and getting in front of quicker pass rushers who will be coming off the edge. Next, we have Jack Driscoll from Auburn, who is six foot five, two hundred and ninety-four pounds. So another guy who's a little bit on the lighter scale. And with that, he shows great ability to pull and to get out on the perimeter. He has good range in the run game, getting up to the second level, but like I said, also pulling on screens, getting out to the perimeter on screens, which makes him an ideal fit in the Titans zone scheme. He's got good movement ability, but like we've talked about with most guys like that, he struggles with his strength. It's something that, that he needs to get better at and his, his pass blocking technique. So he uses his mobility very well and his agility very well, but it's got to work on his power and his punch and, and the technique that comes along with that. But that's to be expected with a guy at that weight. It, it lines up very well. The next player that we have is someone who is thought to be a, a better option earlier in his college career, but just hasn't quite panned out and turned into the high-level NFL prospect that most expected early in, in his early days in college, and that is Trey Adams from Washington, six foot eight, 314 pounds, and a lot of that is because he's dealt with injuries, an ACL injury, a back injury, and in two different times in his career, so that's something that obviously teams are going to be worried about, and in this medical climate, even more worried about than they would in a normal year because their doctors can't take a look at him. Now, because of those injuries, Adam struggles with mobility, but he has great length, he has great power, and he does profile as more of a man gap scheme type type blocker, so maybe not somebody that the Titans would look at, but if they are comfortable with his injury history and think that his mobility will improve as he gets away from those injuries, then maybe that's something that they would consider because he would be a fourth, fifth rounder. We're getting later with some of the guys who are going to be projects later in the draft. And we have two more names to discuss. We have Calvin Throckmorton from Oregon, six foot five. 310 pounds. This guy's a technician. He's fantastic with his hands, gets good pop on his defenders, and can really use his length and his arms to win matchups against defenders, but he doesn't have great flexibility. He doesn't have great balance, and often he can try to use his his hands and, and his pop and his punch too much and not move his feet and slide his feet and keep his hips in line with the edge rusher or, or the defender. Um, and that can cause him problems as well. The next player that we are going to talk about is Alex Taylor from South Carolina State, six foot nine, three hundred and eight pounds. So obviously, at six foot nine, he's long. He's got long arms, so that's very impressive. And for that size, he has pretty good mobility for a six nine guy. I think he's three hundred and eight pounds, so not the three twenty. 310 plus type guy so he's got good mobility but for a guy that size he struggles with his power and his punch and his technique isn't very good because he's just a little bit too big to be mobile enough to have good footwork so he's a big huge guy though and someone will take a chance on him thinking they can coach him up lastly we have Charlie Heck from North Carolina another huge guy six foot eight 
309 pounds. He is a little bit more mobile than you would expect from a guy that big. He's long. He's athletic. Looks like a basketball player out there, but he struggles with his footwork because of that length. He's long-legged, so sometimes his feet don't respond as quickly as he wants them to, and it's pretty obvious out there, but with that size and that athletic ability, later in the draft, fifth, sixth round, someone may take a chance on him and see, like the rest of these guys we've mentioned in this tier, if they can develop him into more than just a big, long athlete at the position, but that is going to cover the offensive tackle position for us. That takes us up into about the fifth or sixth round, and I just want to be transparent with you guys. I only have so long on the podcast, so if you have at any position, running back, wide receiver, tackle, people have reached out to me and say, hey, why didn't you mention you know, this late round sleeper, but I'm trying the best I can here, guys, to fit as many names as I possibly can into the amount of time that we have on a daily basis. So there are other names, obviously, and I want you guys to reach out and tell me who you like. Follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, but just know I have a limited amount of time, and uh, in today's show, we're going over 30 different prospects. We went over 30 wide receivers yesterday, so I'm trying to give you as many names as I possibly can and keep it as relevant as possible as well. So we are going to jump from the tackle position into the interior of the offensive line next and talk about some of the options and, and some of the guys who would be a good fit schematically for the Titans. Let's go ahead and put a cap on not only the offensive side of the ball for our NFL draft preview, but also put a cap on a week of Locked On Titans podcast. So I hope you guys have been enjoying the NFL draft preview series as we've gone position by position. So let's get to the end of the offense and talk about the interior offensive line. And the number one name that you hear, and this is going to be similar to last year where you saw someone like Garrett Bradbury jump way up into the teens of the NFL draft when it was expected that he would go in the 20s or or maybe even the 30s. And that's going to be similar to someone like Cesar Ruiz from Michigan, six foot four. 319 pounds. He's got power. He's got mobility. He does need a little bit of work and pass protection, but he is a leader on the offensive line and could see him jumping up to the middle of the first round and will probably be the first interior offensive line taken and the only one, in my opinion, that has potential to go in the first round. But after that, we start looking at some mid-round guys, second, third, fourth round, like Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU, six foot three. 312 pounds. We've seen Cushenberry mock to the Titans before, although I didn't necessarily agree with how high they would be taking an interior offensive lineman. But Cushenberry has great length for the center interior offensive line position. He has sticky hands. Once he gets his hands on a defender, he's basically going to win that matchup. Now, where he does struggle is pulls, getting out on the perimeter, having range out there. So he would probably fit best in a zone blocking scheme as opposed to a a power or gap blocking scheme that requires their interior offensive lineman to pull. So that's something to look for with Cushenberry because he would fit with the Titans, but I just don't see them going interior offensive line as early enough as you would need to to get your hands on someone like Cushenberry. Next, we have Jonah Jackson from Ohio State. 
Six foot four, three hundred and ten pounds. He's versatile. He can play guard. He can play center. He's a great pass blocker as well. That's really where he shines. Now he struggles with his leverage in the run game. He can get a little too high, get his pad level too high, and that'll you know give defenders the edge and and push him back at the line of scrimmage, which you don't like to see. But he can improve his strength at the NFL level. Next, you have Matt Hennessy out of Temple, six foot four. 302 pounds. He is a technician along the interior offensive line. Has a high level understanding of what the concept is for the blocking scheme for the offensive line. And just he's a captain. He's a smart player and he really understands offense and what the offense is trying to do. Now, if that is your number one plus as a player, your your technique, your IQ, well that means that you're probably limited in some of the more physical aspects. And He's not the strongest guy, he's not the most agile guy, but at the offensive line position, sometimes you really can win with your mind. So Hennessy will probably be a good mid-round pick, someone who would make sense for the Titans there as a replacement for Ben Jones or Roger Saffold long term. Next you have Robert Hunt out of Louisiana, 6'5", 336 pounds, a converted tackle. Hunt is somebody who has great power. He's a strong guy and he's going to fit best in a man gap power scheme. So probably not a good fit with the Titans, but he has the potential to be maybe the first guard off the board and and go ahead of Hennessy Jackson and Cushenberry. Hunt's getting a lot of buzz late in the process. Next, we have Nick Harris from Washington, another player from Washington's offense who will probably get drafted in the mid-round. Six foot one, 293 pounds, so one of the smaller guys in the draft at the interior, but he's got great positional awareness, really understands when to move from double teaming his interior defender and getting up to the second level on a linebacker. He has good spatial awareness with that as well, so he really understands where the defenders are coming, uses his peripheral vision very well to understand people coming from the backside and cutting them off, things like that. Does a great job. And he struggles with his length, though. He's not a long guy, like I mentioned, only six foot one, 293 pounds, so he doesn't have a huge frame. And that's something at the next level that'll probably limit his ability to be a full time starter. Next, we have Ben Bredesen from Michigan. He's the opposite of Nick Harris in terms of a frame, six foot five, 316 pounds, an incredible incredibly powerful guy in the run game, can really move his defender. He's nasty too. He'll drive guys into the ground, push them into the ground, lay on top of them. He's just a nasty guy, very tenacious in the middle of the pile. He doesn't have excellent length though, which is surprising when you look at his height, six foot five. That doesn't really match up with his arm length. And then he's not a very quick guy either. And a lot of times when you have someone who's nasty and powerful like that, they aren't the most agile guy. It's just the way that it works out. But Bredesen profiles as a great backup guy and a spot starter throughout his career who's just going to be reliable and isn't going to need a lot of coaching at the next level to be ready to contribute at least as a backup on the interior. Next, we have Natane Mutai from Fresno State, six foot three, 307 pounds. He is also very tenacious and nasty at the point of attack. He's got good mobility, though. He's not a guy who relies 
relies on power. He's very physical and, and wants to really get in a, a fight in the phone booth down there in the interior. But he's got really good mobility. Now, he did have... Some injury concerns. He can get a little over-aggressive and, and get himself in a bad position lunging at defenders. So he can be a little over-aggressive, a little over-tenacious, but you'd rather have a guy who gives you too much aggression than not enough. So if he can if he can prove to be healthy and NFL teams feel comfortable with uh, with his, you know, his medicals, uh, once again, in this uncertain medical climate, then someone will probably take a chance on him. But because of those medical concerns, he would probably slip to you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth round, which could make him a, a an option for the Titans there. Next, we have Damian Lewis, who profiles more as a, a power run type fit than a zone run fit because he's incredibly strong, has great power in his punch and with his hands. He doesn't have great agility, though, which is not going to help him get up to the second level in a zone-based attack, so probably not a, a good fit for the Titans. Next, we have uh, Tyler Biedas from Wisconsin. Six foot three, three hundred and twenty-one pounds. This was a guy who was considered uh, a much higher ranking prospect early in the process, but has kind of fallen by the wayside as we've moved along. He has great IQ. He really under he does a good job of. When he doesn't have work in the pass game, he'll work away and find someone to hit, find someone to help. So he he has good IQ and displays good awareness out there on the field. You also really like his mentality, like a couple of the guys we mentioned before, Bredesen and Mutai. He has a, a really physical nature about him, very tenacious out there, and that's very endearing to offensive line coaches and, and guys who love the physicality aspect of football. The only problem is he does have a tendency to get a narrow base, which will get him off balance. His feet will get too close together and Generally, he struggles with body control. Uh, he knows where to be and where to go, but sometimes his body doesn't always respond the right way to get him there. So that's something he'll have to work on. Uh, think about stretching, yoga, uh, things like that at the next level to, to help him really hone in his body control. The last three prospects we have here all would be late round options that the Titans really could consider in their zone scheme. And we have Shane Lemieux from Oregon, six foot four, 316 pounds. He's really good in the run game, but struggles in pass protection. And the Titans are a run first team, so maybe they would take a chance on him and think that they could coach him up to get better in pass protection because that's something that Nate Davis had a similar profile there where he was great in the run game, but because of his awkward set, his three-point stance, that frog three-point stance didn't have great balance and it hurt him in pass protection. He's already improved in his one year in the NFL, even with you know limited reps at the beginning due to injury. So maybe someone like Shane Lemieux could, could come in and, and learn and be on a similar diet there as Nate Davis. Next, we have Logan Stenberg, six foot six, a huge guard, 317 pounds. He's got that size, obviously, is going to be a plus as a guard. Very powerful guy. Doesn't have good bend, though, because he's so tall, and especially at the guard position when you deal with some of these smaller interior rushers like a Grady Jarrett, like an Aaron Donald, and guys who are undersized but very quick, like a Darrell Casey has been for a majority of of your career. When you're that tall on the interior, sometimes you can struggle to get low enough to deal with some of those guys. So he would probably profile as more of a power or gap 
run blocking team, not necessarily a zone blocking player. And then the last prospect we have on the interior is Solomon Kenley from Georgia, six foot four. 336 pounds. He's got an awesome punch. Can knock defenders back with his strong hands. He's got good size. Like we mentioned there, 336 pounds. So a mammoth of a man. But with that weight, and size, he doesn't have good mobility. He struggles to get up to the second level. He's not going to pull and do things like that or get out on screens very well. So that's something to consider there. But that is quite a bit of offensive line prospects for you guys. And I would imagine that uh, a few of those names will end up on the Titans after the draft. So we are going to be back with you guys next week when we jump into the defense. We are still going to have Mock Draft Monday. Of course, I'm going to spend our first segment talking about a a good mock draft from the Draft Network. So we are going to talk about that next week. But then we are going to jump right into scouting these prospects on the defensive side of the ball. So we have a lot of work to do to get ready for the draft and only four episodes to do it. So it's going to be a very good week of podcast next week on the Locked On Titans podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple. Make sure you are following on Spotify. Google Play, wherever you stream your podcast, make sure you are locked in here with us on the Locked On Titans podcast. But now that you are done listening to the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure to tell your smart device to go check out the Locked On NFL podcast. As I mentioned, they are wrapping up their mock draft special today. And yesterday's episode on Thursday, actually, I made the pick for the Titans. So if you want to check out that full event, go back to last Friday's episode and go all the way until today's episode. It was really fun to record that, really fun exercise with all the other hosts making picks for their team as well, so I encourage you guys to check that out. But as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. Locked on Titans.